Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We want to talk this morning about temporary. That's what James leads us to. And how we are to live understanding, really, that there's, there's nothing permanent on this life. Now, now, don't get me wrong. This is not going to be depressing at all. It's encouraging. See, we're Christians. We have the hope that Jesus has already gone to prepare a place for us. Some of you yet don't have that hope, you'll get it at the end of the service. Many of us can get so caught up in the business of life that we don't even realize how far ahead we are planning out our lives. This, of course, reveals to us just how much expectation we are putting into our lifespan. In today's message, Pastor Mark discusses a topic that all of us have taken for granted, the temporary span of our lives. Addressing this topic from the letter of James, Pastor Mark brings us a very important reminder. All of us know that this life is temporary, but do we live a lifestyle that reflects this reality? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 13, with part one of his message entitled, Life is Temporary, Plan on It. When I mention the word temporary, what comes to your mind? Diet? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. For many of you over the last few years, a job came to your mind because you couldn't find anything permanent. Well, here's, James is actually going to talk about that today. Here's the word, here's the definition of temporary. Take a look. Lasting for only a limited period of time. Not permanent. Not permanent. How many of you at our campuses have ever been to San Francisco? Can I see your hand? Good. Then you've seen temporary. Here it is. It's the fog. How many, remember, how many see that fog? You know, you're going, oh, man, the day's going to be ruined. We can't see anything in this crazy bridge. Two hours later, what? <laughs> Temporary. It's gone. It's gone. By the way, when you mention San Francisco, how many know the word Bodine sourdough bread? Could, could I see your hand? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> how many like a piece right now? Fresh out of the oven with butter just slapped right over it. Oh, man. Let's just close in prayer right now. Man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, temporary is an interesting word. On July 17th, Malaysia Airline Flight 17 had 290 
five passengers on that plane. They were all sitting in a seat. As you and I have done many times as we've flown or in a car. Now, during that time, I thought about this a lot later. What were they thinking minutes before the missile hit the plane? What were they doing? Well, you've flown enough. I've flown enough. We know what they were doing. Some of them were eating. They were enjoying that food. Some of them were already, by this time, into the flight, sleeping. Some of them finally figured out how to work the movies. And they were trying, and they finally found a movie they wanted to watch that they hadn't seen, and they had begun to watch that movie. Others of them, well, they were using their iPad or their Kindle or their smartphone, and they were reading a book that they'd, well, they just never got around to. And then I remember seeing this, the, the Christ site, so I know this happened. Some of them had a Frommers, a Fordors. They had their travel book out. And maybe with their friends or their spouse, they were saying, you know, we're going to do this. And maybe they'd saved their whole life for this vacation. And they had it all planned out. It was exciting. They couldn't wait. And then in one to two terrifying minutes, life was over. There were no even seats left. If there were, they were gone. Oh, not just their body. But in those few terrifying minutes, they learned that their life was temporary, not permanent. And all 295 were now never again to be on the earth. Everything that was at home and their desk, their business, their plans, their relatives, their people, their friends, their cars, their pets, it's done. And they were in eternity, which is not temporary, forever. With God or separated from God forever. We want to talk this morning about temporary. That's what James leads us to. And how we are to live understanding, really, that there's, there's nothing permanent on this life. Now, now, don't get me wrong. This is not going to be depressing at all. It's encouraging. See, we're Christians. We have the hope that Jesus has already gone to prepare a place for us. Some of you yet don't have that hope. You'll get it at the end of the service. So let's begin in James chapter 4, where I've asked you to turn. Look at verse 13. Now James opens like this. Now listen. What does that mean? He's saying what I say to you, and you'll hear me say during the teaching quite often, I'll say this, look at me. 
What's he trying to say? He's saying it's time to listen up. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to listen up. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and all of our campuses. There you go, watching television. Watch, come on, come on, come on, you're watching us. It's time, it's time to listen up. So James is doing this. He's teaching churches. Watch what he says. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Now we see that this person, he or she or a group, they're making plans for their future. Notice what we see. Time. Today or tomorrow. People. We. We don't know if it's an individual or a group of people. We see a place, a city. We see the duration, about a year there. We see the activity. They're not going on vacation. They're going to do business. And we actually see the ultimate goal. They're going to make a profit. I know, I know some of you are going to say, well, Pastor Mark, you're going to tell us that it's, it's wrong to plan because life is temporary? No, exactly the opposite. Would you write this down on all of our campuses this morning? The Bible encourages planning, goal setting, and of course, making a profit. Look at Luke 14. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Planning, good planning. Look at the Old Testament. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm like not into the planning. Do you just say la vie? Yeah, here's for you. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Well, I don't have a job. I'm just praying God will have a recruiter call me on my cell. You're going to wait a long time. Get out and find a job. Send your resume in. You see, when you look at these plans, could I ask you a question this morning? What's missing from these plans? Nothing is missing. They're fantastic. They've thought it from beginning to end. It isn't what's missing. It's who is missing. Understand, this person is making his or her plans without... God. There's nothing here. And you're going to hear this term all day, the will of God, the plans of God. So this person, as we've seen from the last few weeks, is another selfie again. This person is arrogant and they're just doing life very smartly in many ways, but foolish in another because God is not at all in their plans. So I want you to write this down this morning. It will be simple to you. When you see the word plans in the Bible, it's basically the same thing as the will of God. So they're interchangeable. When we talk about the will of God, we're talking about the plans that God has for you and he has for me. Now, God has plans for everybody. And notice this first kind of big sentence I want you to write down. Human plans apart from God, number one, they're prideful, and number two, they're, they're useless. Remember John 15, without me, you can't do anything. Now, I'm not talking about building the shuttle and sending rockets to the moon. Of course, many people weren't Christians that did that. 
But bottom line, in the back, way in the back, if you want to go back far enough, who gave him the wisdom to do that? God did. But I'm talking about spiritual things. See, God's plans, oh, they have lots to do with this world, but ultimately they have an eternal perspective. It's the end that he's looking at. So understand what Jeremiah says. This is why these people, you today, if you're not a Christian, you're not making plans with God. You're doing life without God. doesn't work. By the way, many of us are Christians here at all of our campuses, and sometimes I forget to ask God. Could I hear an amen? I go through life so easy. Oh, man, I forgot to pray about that. So notice what this, Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. When you turned your life over to Christ... You turned your life over to Christ. He is the ruler. He's the boss. Now notice, we are not able to plan our own course. We're not able. So as you begin to see that, let me show you why we're not able. And the next verse, verse 14, is fantastic. It says this, why, two words I want you to circle on all our campuses, why you do not even circle the word, no, What will happen, circle the word, tomorrow? The reason I can't make my own plans is I don't know what the future holds. I don't even know what tomorrow holds. So notice in these plans that James begins with, it was written 2,000 years ago, but it applies to you and I today exactly the same here in Melbourne and Vieira and Savannah, exactly the same. This person assumes they're going to be living tomorrow and the next year. Do you actually think, look at me, do you actually think those people on uh, Malaysia Flight 17, any of them were thinking, well, this is my last flight? No, not even in the wildest imagination. See, they didn't know what the future held. Zero. This is what James is saying. This person who's making these plans, he assumes that, well, he's going to be living tomorrow. Maybe not. And he also assumes he's going to be living one year from now. Maybe not. Now, he also assumes, or she assumes, they can control all these circumstances, the time, the place, the events, the people, the outcomes, profit. No, they're not in control of the circumstances. Were these people in control of the circumstances? Were the pilots in control of the circumstances? No, they were not. Now, I know you're, you're going to say, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, that, that's a very rare kind of thing. And, uh, and of course, I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Well, you have to understand life is temporary. Last Saturday night around midnight or so, O'Galley in Wickham, a young lady ran a light a little after midnight, killed herself, and an older lady, gone, finished. Did they expect as they what, stopped at the light and went through when it turned green, that would be the end forever? No, that's right here just downtown from us. By the way, a couple from our church had gone through that same light that the young lady ran through seconds before. Went back and tried to help the people already dead. You see, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And one day it will happen. Somehow, some way, we will be gone. Now, understand what you're seeing from this. This person lives as if God doesn't exist. Doesn't mean they're not a believer in God. They just live without thinking about it. 
Can I say it this way? In essence, God is out of the picture of their life. Is that you this morning? You're a lover of God, but he's kind of out of the picture. The only time you call him into the picture, when there's a disaster. Oh, he comes. He's gracious. But see, we're to do life with God, the will of God, seeing those details come to truth. Now, here's what I want you to write, and this is, this is why I ask you to circle those words, no, I don't know, and I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know the control. I can't do it. Here's what I want you to write. God alone knows the future, and by the way, he knows your future. That's a very encouraging thing for me. Notice Isaiah 46. Remember the things I have done, God speaking in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, there is none like me. Only I can tell the future. Now watch this. Before it even happens. This isn't a little person, you know, sitting on the side there with $5 to tell your fortune. We're not talking about that kind of an idiot who can't tell nothing. They're deceived. It's demonic. Don't ever go to one of those people. We're told in the Old Testament, leave them alone. You say, oh, it's just kind of fun. No, the horoscope, never read a horoscope. The Bible tells us no. Are they in charge? No, there's only one. Notice, I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, whatever I wish. So look at the last part of verse 14. What is your life? You are a mist, San Francisco fog that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James is reminding these people that have these amazing plans, nothing wrong with planning. The Bible speaks about it. You should plan. But they have forgotten how temporary and uncertain life is. So there's a word that we see through the Bible a lot, and it's not our Thanksgiving word, but I want you to write it down this morning. The word is pilgrim. It means this. You're a pilgrim. I'm a pilgrim. We're people in transit on our way to heaven, our final destination. You see, you're a pilgrim this morning. You're in transit. You and I are just in this short journey. All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where you're getting it. We're going to sing it at the end. You better get it. By the way, it's going to be so addictive, you're going to wake up at four in the morning and say, I tell, and your wife's going to say, would you shut up and go back to sleep? <laughs> Wasn't it addictive already at our campuses? It's a great song. So see, I'm a pilgrim. I, I'm a, this is not our final destination. But I do live here. And God has a purpose for me. And his purpose, basically, is to know the will of God while I'm here. Now, think about this. How do I live then? Since my life is temporary, I know as a Christian I'm going to heaven. How do I live here? James answers it. Look at verse 15. Instead of making your plans with God out of the picture, make your plans but include this. If it is the Lord's will... We will live and do this or that. If not, look what he says. As it is, with God out of the picture, 
You boast and brag, I'm smart, I got the plans, I've done this before, I've started a new company, I can marry this person, I have no problem, watch what I do, I'm amazing. Instead, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. You see, God should be consulted on our plans. God, what do you want me to do? If I try to direct my own life apart from God, God hates pride You will not succeed. It is not for man to make his own plans. And you will be frustrated in your life. So how can we know the will of God and make right decisions? At the end of the teaching this morning, I'm going to give you four ways. Now, I have to say this to you. It is not always easy to know the will of God. But ultimately, God comes through. I have thought I've known the will of God in some things. And as I went through it, I didn't know the will of God, and I blew it. I I meant well. I consulted God, but I heard from myself more than I heard from God. Anybody been there? Well, what did God do? He just crushed me like a bug. No, he gave me another chance. That's the kind of God we serve this morning. You will never be perfect finding the will of God, but we should get better with it. It's an attitude of the heart. First thing you have to write this morning is huge concerning the will of God. Here it is. God wants to communicate his will to you. God would never say, you can't do life apart from me, and then say, oh, you want, you want, you want me to tell you what I know? I'm not telling you. Of course he's going to tell us. That's why our little hashtag this morning is, no, God's will. Now, keep your finger right here. Go back to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, and you'll see how important the will of God is in your life, the plans God has for you. So scoot on back, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, just scoot back five or six books and go to verse 15. And and Vieira and Sebastian, verse 15, those of you guys watching online. In the balcony, here we go. Now watch what God says. Paul is speaking. Be very careful then, watch this, How you live. He's not talking about how you live on Sunday. He's talking seven days a week. Be very careful then how you live. Watch this. Not as unwise, but as what? All right, let's try this again. Not as unwise, but as wise. Let's see if you can understand him. What would unwise living be like in our context? Doing life without God. Do you you got it? What is wise living? Doing life without God. With God. Very simple. Not complicated. Same exact words. James and Paul. Same. It's the will of God. Will of God. Now, let's go on. Making the most of every opportunity. So, timing is part of this. Because the days are evil. As I said in our opening prayer, and all the pastors did, you and I, unless you lived in Hitler's day, in Germany and so forth, we've never seen a world like today. Many of us take the reality of things being temporary for granted. The Bible encourages us to plan ahead and set goals, but it also reminds us that this life we're given is up before we know it. In today's message, Pastor Mark addressed this very issue while giving us several passages to help us maintain a better balance in our walk with the Lord. We learned that it's not about the what, but rather the who that we should be concerned about when aspiring for prosperity. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll continue our study on the importance of including God in our day-to-day planning. Pastor Mark will give us some pointers on just exactly how it is that we can better seek out God's will and apply it to our plans for success and prosperity. We'll also learn that the more we include God in our lives, the better chance we have of avoiding unnecessary bumps and bruises. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.